can. Open your Bibles this morning to 1 Samuel chapter 7. 1 Samuel chapter 7. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 8 because the Philistines have, have gone up against the children of Israel, I might say again. And chapter 7 ends by saying that when Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. Verse 8, And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that He will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they come under Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it Ebenezer. Saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. The title of the message here is Ebenezer. This statement comes right smack dab in the middle of a heart-touching story because earlier, in the earlier chapters of this book, it tells the story of Israel during difficult days. It had been a time of defeat for Israel. Thousands of their men had been killed. I'm, as I read this and think about it, I'm thinking about what's going on in Israel today and our great need to uh, pray for the nation of Israel. But this was another point in time in history where all of these thousands have been killed in two horrible battles. But the big deal in it is that the ark of God had been taken. The ark represented God's presence among God's people. The tabernacle itself and the temple later on were built for the purpose of housing the ark of God. And perhaps you'll remember on the day of dedication of the temple that the glory of God filled that place to where it just people had to leave. That glory of God was what they called the Shekinah glory, the presence of God made visible. And this ark is what it was all about. And the Philistines are now in possession of that. They were so desperate, Israel... That is, so heartbroken, so troubled, that back in chapter 4, one of the women named his child Ichabod. Mean the glory of the Lord is departed. Can you imagine that poor kid going through life named Ichabod? I mean, it sounds bad enough, but the meaning of it is a lot worse than it sounds. And the fact is, I suspect there are some churches that that if the truth was known, that Ichabod should be written 
on the sign out front, the glory of the Lord is departed. Without the glory of the Lord, without the presence of the Spirit of God and His ministry in our midst, we're nothing more than some kind of a glorified social club. It's the presence of the Spirit in this place that makes all the difference in the world. So the people now are demoralized. The nation is on the brink of destruction. And all of a sudden, a young prophet by the name of Samuel steps on the scene. Look back through history and thank God that just at the time when things seem to be at the worst, when it seems to be hopeless, that God has a way of raising up some young folks. I don't know the exact age. It's probably there in the Bible somewhere. But at that point, he was a young prophet and he steps on the scene. And notice in verse number 3 of this chapter, he calls the nation to repentance. That's exactly what he should have done, by the way. When they responded, he called for a national assembly. Verse 5 and 6, they fast, they pray, they confess their sins. You could say Samuel is the fellow that sparked the revival that took place. One person can make a huge difference in a church. One person can make a huge difference in a family. One person can make a big difference in a nation. And that spark of revival was the prophet Samuel. The Philistines are preparing to launch another attack. And the Israelites are faced with this challenge. And so in verse 8 it tells us that they called upon Samuel for help. It so happened that they called upon him because he knew what to do. There's a lot of folks today, you know, that people depend upon that they don't have any idea what needs to be done. And sadly, a lot of them are pastoring churches across America today. There are those that not only are trying to destroy Christianity. Those that at one time claimed to be believers pastor what were called mega churches have dropped out. They're not content with just dropping out. They are on a campaign to say that there's nothing to this Christianity stuff. Literally. And now they're trying to de-church the churches, get rid of them. As a demonstration of their desire, just the other day I read about where they literally burned a church, a church that had been building that had been vacated, and just to express their feeling that it's no longer needed, they just burned it down. And the sad thing is, so many people sitting back wondering, well, what do we do? Thank God Samuel knew what to do. And here in verse 10, notice that, that he, he prayed to the Lord. He called upon the people to repent. And God intervened and gave them the victory over the enemy. And that brings us to our text. The enemy has attacked. The enemy has been defeated. And Samuel took a stone, erected a monument, and called it Ebenezer. 
which means stone of help. We still sing about that today, don't we? Here I raise mine Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come. I've often wondered how many people, whenever they sing that song, have any idea what they're talking about. And it's understandable because a lot of times we fail to explain the meaning of the word. Stone of help. And whenever you think about that, you need to think about that in regards both looking backward and looking forward. Glance back in appreciation. Notice the word hitherto. In other words, he wanted to make sure that the nation remembered this amazing victory. Because strictly speaking, they didn't win this victory. God gave them this victory. It wasn't that they, that the Israelites had superior strategy or troops or some special weapon or anything like that. As the Philistines drew close, all of a sudden the Lord raised a storm, a storm that destroyed and greatly weakened the Philistines. We need to remember that when all is said and done, and even when our life has been changed from what it used to be, it's not because of what we've done. And the Spirit of God is the agent of change. He's the one that makes the difference. And only as we yield ourselves to Him is He able to make us what we ought to be. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18, where He changes us from glory to glory. And you could just add as many glories as you want. He just keeps changing us as we yield to Him. And so He says, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Now the word hitherto can mean to this point in time, or it can mean to this place. And you say, well, what does it mean here? I think it means both. Hitherto, the Lord has helped us to bring us to this place at this time. Twenty years earlier, Israel had suffered a terrible defeat. And it took place and the ark was taken. And now they can think about this place as being a place of victory rather than defeat. The same place where they had suffered a horrible defeat. Now they have the ark of God back and now they're winning the battle. Now they're living in victory. Amen. You know, it's dangerous for us to get fixated on the past. Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind. But it's also dangerous for us to ignore the past. We can't afford to live in the past, but we ought to learn from the past. And I think this is the, the point that he's making hitherto. He wanted the nation to know hitherto, up to this point and up to this place, it's been because that God has helped us. The only reason that we're here. Only reason that uh, we're living in victory instead of defeat. So I think about this, our 54th anniversary. I think that we ought to be of the same mindset that Samuel was when he said, this is going to be a memorial. This is going to be something to, that will call our attention to the hitherto. 
that God has brought us to. And it's easy for me to look back and to think about the things that we ought to appreciate. I think about the hard work that's been expended by, by our people over the years. We're not where we are by accident, folks. It's the result of hard work on the part of God's people. And God has used many different people in many different ways to provide what we have. In other words, someone paid a price for what you enjoy. You young people that are here today, you should never forget that. I'm not just talking about the physical property. I'm not talking about the bank account. I'm talking about the staunch stand for the truth of God's Word. I'm talking about the zeal and the desire to see people brought to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about teachers that care about you. What you have today costs somebody something. Thank God for those willing to expend the energy and to do what was necessary to make this church what it is. But then whenever I think about the hitherto, I also have to remember also the heartaches that we've endured. Like any church, every church goes through some tough times. Life's not easy. You talk about a church that's made up of all different people. You can't avoid some kind of problems, can you? I mean, it's like the song says, I'm only human, and that's true. I'm glad God remembers that we are but flesh. We're, we, we all think different. While we ought to be agreed 100% the best we can on the great doctrines of the Bible, let's not kid ourselves. Most church problems are created as a result of preference rather than the precepts of God's Word. People get all bent out and say, well, I don't like his personality. I don't like this. I don't like that. Or, or they don't like me. We're different. There's some folks, you know, think we sing a, we cre- uh, do a grievous sin just because we might sing a little more contemporary songs sometimes. And then some other folks, you know, they don't want to hear any more about those old hymns. Well, I think if we use some wisdom, there's a place and a time for both of those things. The worship wars are still raging, by the way. Not quite as loudly as it used to because the camps have kind of been divided. You can go here, you can go there, or you can come here, and we use what good contemporary music we can find, and we never forsake the old hymns. So what am I saying? I'm saying there are going to be times that we're going to be at odds about something with one another. And I look back on those times, those difficult times, and not just the difficulties that we encounter as a result of difference of opinion, but the difficult times whenever we lose a loved one. You know, we've been talking about the way God is blessed lately and all of the souls have been saved and baptized, but then as a church we look back and we could just start naming names of our dear members that have graduated to glory. They're there now. They wouldn't want to come back. We wouldn't want them to come back, but we sure do miss them. We miss them. A lot of others are going through great hardships right now. Many of you right here this morning physically, life has become so very difficult for you. God brought us to this place 
Hitherto the Lord hath helped us. He didn't exempt us from those trials and tribulations. But if He brings you to it, He'll bring you through it. And thank God He's done that time and time again. And then I think about the happiness that we've enjoyed together because we've not only cried together, we've laughed together. And for every heartache, there's been a hallelujah. Yeah, there's been some tough times. Times whenever it just breaks your heart and tears fill your eyes. And, but then there are those, those wonderful times, those glorious days where you have joy unspeakable and full of glory. And isn't it wonderful to be with God's people and to share those kind of feelings? But this stone of help is all about the help that we have experienced as, as a church. That's what we're celebrating today, that the fact that God has helped us, God has watched over us all of these years. And there have been times where we've gone through some tough times. And, well, I can remember whenever Brother Rom was a treasurer back then, and uh, he'd write the check out and say, uh, wait till after we make the deposit for you, try to cash it. Well, we didn't. We we didn't have any idea. We didn't have enough money in the bank, and we we didn't know what we were going to do. The times that were difficult. I mean, here we were stuck over there on Bender Road. By the way, God did a marvelous, wonderful work over there on Bender Road. It'd have to be God because nobody's going to be looking for anything good over there, and that little old place. And yet, God blessed it amazingly. I can't tell you how many hundreds of kids were saved through the ministry of this church over there. How did we get here? God helped us. God helped us. And we're, He's placed us here for a reason. So we need to think about being appreciative of all that God has done. That, but we also need, I think, to not just glance at what God has done, but we need to gaze forward in anticipation. Hitherto the Lord hath helped us. You see, we can look forward because it says the Lord will help us. He's, look, He's not ever failed, right? He never failed Israel. And he's not going to fail in the future. He doesn't fail because he never changes. Hebrews 13, he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You remember the verse we read just a while ago when the Philistines were on their way? And it said, And the children of Israel were afraid. There are times in our life that all of a sudden we're, we're hit with troubles and trials and we have no idea how we're going to get out of it. We don't know why we're in it. We don't know what we're going to do. And it's then that we need to be reminded that whatever we are in, that God is in it with us. He said, I'll never leave thee. I'll never forsake thee. And I'm your helper. Thank God for that because we'd never get through it without him. Oh, you see someone down at the cemetery there just lost a loved one. 
And they think to themselves, I'll never get over this. How can I, how can I ever pick up the pieces and go on? We've got widows here today. I can't imagine, I can't imagine what you've gone through. I know what it is to lose my mom and dad and one of, one of my daughters. It's tough. I can't imagine what it would be like to lose my wife, the dearest person on earth to me. I, I, I can't imagine that. But I have the assurance of one thing that you can always depend upon, and that is the grace of God being sufficient. You say, well, I don't feel that way now. Yeah, but the time hasn't come yet. You think you can't get through it, but I'm telling you, God can get you through it, whatever it is. And here we are, none of us know what the future holds. We don't have any idea if we're going to make it home. We don't know if the Lord might come before the day is over. We don't know what the future holds, but thank God we know who holds the future. And as they were celebrating that day and they put up that memorial stone, Ebenezer, the Lord hitherto hath helped us. It's not just for them to look back on and say, look at what God has done. It's for them also to be able to look ahead and to know that they are living moment by moment under His care. Here we are going through trials temptations some temptations are so strong that you you think to yourself I, I don't I don't know if I can resist it any longer well you probably can't but God can help you in a time of need like that there are others that are suffering others that are sick and in pain some that have been betrayed some that have suffered loss and the list goes on and on and on whatever the giant is in your life I want you to know the Lord is your helper in time of need. Thank God this church doesn't depend upon me. Thank God it doesn't depend upon Brother Kenneth, as good a pastor as he is. Uh, look, we, can, we, we can't defend this church. We can't, we can't keep it going. There are problems in times that I'll guarantee you both of us have to scratch our heads and say, well, what, what now? What, what should we do here? What should we do there? I'll tell you, the only one that enables us to keep going is the Lord Himself. He's our keeper. He's our guide. He's our protector. Hitherto the Lord hath helped us, and after every step through life, we'll be able to raise our Ebenezer. Hitherto the Lord has helped us. And you think back to all of the stuff that you've been through. I think about what Paul said to the church at Thessalonica. When he, that is Christ, shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all of them that believed. And you say, well, I don't understand. What, what does that have to do with what you're talking about? Because it is the Lord that will have helped us bring all that for all of that to come about. That you read a promise like that, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all of them that believe. 
how could how could we ever bring about something like that? It sounds too good to be true. And and you think about all that God has promised. We're going to receive a glorified body. How about that? A glorified body. And and we can say that because hitherto. When we're in that glorified body, we can say, Hitherto the Lord hath helped us. We're in the heavenly city adoring all of the beauty of the heavenly city. We can say, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. When we're reunited with our dear loved one there on the street of gold, we can say, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. He's brought us to this place. When we're introduced to all of the saints and we think about Peter and James and John and meeting all of them, we can say, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. He brought us to this place. When the heavenly choir cuts loose and begins to sing all of the praises to the Lamb in that day, we can say, Hitherto hath the Lord brought us to this place. When we see Jesus face to face, we can say, Hitherto hath the Lord brought us to this place. When we cast our crowns down at His feet, we'll say, Hitherto hath the Lord brought us to this place. He's helped us. And the more I think about these things, the more I think about those poor lost souls, those unsaved people, those that have never received Christ as their Savior, and the fact that none of this applies to them because they've never experienced the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't have the assurance of heaven. They know nothing about the forgiveness of sin. All of these glorious things that that God has brought to us, they're living without those things. They're living in darkness. They're living in captivity to Satan himself. You and I say, hitherto hath the Lord helped me, brought me from the drunkard that I used to be to the place I am today. It's all the Lord. It wasn't me. I didn't, I didn't just decide one day I'm going to straighten up and fly right. Uh, I could have never, ever, ever broken the bonds of sin on my own. It was all due to the power of God. And the only thing I did was just trust Him to do what He promised that He would do. You know, today could be your Ebenezer today. If you're here and you're unsaved, God wants to help you. God would help you. He will. He'll help you in the greatest possible way. Because if you've never been saved, you have nothing good to look forward to. We talk about Christians and we say the best is yet to come, but for the unbeliever, the worst is yet to come. Your life might be bad now, but I got news for you. It's going to get a whole lot worse if you've never received Christ as your Savior. But God wants to help you enough that He gave His own dear Son You say, well, I don't understand that Trinity stuff. Well, I don't know anybody that does. But I know how to explain it. God Himself 
cared enough about helping fallen man that God wrapped himself in a robe of flesh. He took upon him the form of flesh. God became man. The only perfect man that ever lived and then offered himself up as a sacrifice on the cross and died in your place where you and I should have been. The suffering that he went through, the agony that he experienced is what we should have been through. Oh, the darkness of separation between the Son and the Father on that day. That, look, that should be what we go through for eternity. But God took upon Himself the form of flesh. He became a man. Why? Simply because God wants to meet the needs of those that have fallen, those that, that are lost. And, and, and the good news is, you don't have to climb the highest mountain you don't have to swim the widest sea. You don't have to give every penny. You've got to work your fingers to the bone. In fact, you could do all of that and not get to heaven. The only way, the only way that God can help you is for you to be, trust Him. Put your faith, your like childlike faith in the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You could do that right here this morning. This is your Ebenezer. Go home and get your calendar. October the 8th. October the 8th. 2023. Just write that word. Right there. Oh, it's not like a big rock. If you want to put a big rock out in the yard with the date on it, that's fine, but... Just mark that down. That day is the day that the Lord brought you hitherto from the darkness of sin, from the doom of damnation. He brought you from that to being a child of God. All of your sins forgiven and your hope of heaven secure. That's exactly what God wants for you today. One last thing as we think about the fact that God has helped us the fact that God has met our need, and that's the fact that because of all of that, we need to gather in admiration and adoration for God. You, you notice he doesn't say that's just because God helped me. That's not what Samuel said. Samuel said, could have said, well, God helped me. Or it's not because that God helped you. It's because God helped us God helped us and the very thought of that ought to bring us together and it ought to bind us together it ought to cause us to worship together and to work together I said at the beginning whatever you do don't think of this just as something that is to be a stone of remembrance that you look upon and it reminds you oh it's that but it's more it's a recognition of the present time in which we live. And it's a revelation for the future that lies ahead. Don't ever get the idea that there's nothing more that lies ahead. I'll guarantee you there are pastors of churches today that have that feeling. They go week after week after week that, well, we've reached the limit. This is as far as we can go. 
And you kind of lose heart in putting more effort into what you're doing. That happens. And after a while, after the pastor loses heart, the church begins to lose heart. Pretty hard to get folks to get out here knocking on doors and handing out tracts and witnessing to the lost whenever they feel like, well, it's all in vain. But just as we look back in remembrance and say, hitherto hath the Lord helped us, as we look ahead and think about what God wants us to do, we can say, hitherto, the God that brought us to this place, we say, what do you mean this place? I'm talking about this place as a church and the ministry that God's given us to do. Someone said that yesterday is a canceled check and today's a promissory note, but today's cash. We, and we need to use it. Don't ever get to the point. This is not original with me, but it makes good sense. Somebody said, don't ever get to the point where you've got more memories than you do dreams. I, I don't know how much longer I'll be here. I, I, I don't know what the future for this church is. But I know that, I know that it's unlimited what God can do if the Lord doesn't return soon. And of course, I believe He is. But don't ever... Don't ever just decide, well, the Lord's coming soon, not need doing anything. That'll be all the more reason why we ought to be doing what we do. God forbid that we stand idle when the Lord comes. We ought to be busy about the Master's work. I'm looking out the window there and I see all that property out there. In fact, there's property, other property we could buy if necessary. We, we got room for more buildings. I told the folks the other day, I said, I, I keep a list in my personal notebook of, of possible ministries. There are more things to do than we, than we can possibly do with the number of volunteers that we have. You want something to do for the Lord? I'll guarantee you there's more to do than what you're able to do. It's unlimited what we can do, and we need to spend our time wisely God brought you and me and us together at this place, at this time in history. I've, I, listen, I've, I've just got to confess something that used to just bug the daylights out of me. I'd hear those old preachers, old people in general, and they reminiscing, talking about the old days. And I thought, good night, get over it. Those are gone. <laughs> Now, I, I can't help but think about what this generation will never experience. Literally holding church services in a genuine brush arbor. Not, not for promotion, but that's all we had, brush arbor. All night singings. Stuff like that. This is a different time that we live in, and I understand that. But it's the grace of God that's brought us here where we are today. And as we celebrate this 54th anniversary of this church, let us be mindful we've got a work to do ahead. Let's do it together. And if you're here today 
And oh, you, you've heard me talk about having a glorified body, being in heaven, being like Jesus, seeing Him, seeing your dear loved ones. Every person here has a loved one in heaven, someone you love dearly. And you, you long to see them again. You can. I promise you, you can. If they're in heaven, you can see them again, be reunited with them again. But it's only by trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You could do that this morning, and I hope you will. Brother David's going to come and our musicians, and we're going to extend an invitation. Maybe you're here today, and maybe you've already been saved, but you've been searching for a church, and the Spirit of God just laid on your heart that this is the kind of church I want to be a part of. You come and let us know. It might be you just want to come and pray. You don't, you're not asking God for You just want to come get on your face before God and say, Lord, thank you for bringing us to this place. Thank you, Lord, for getting us through those tough times, those dark days, bringing us to a place that we can celebrate all of the good things that you've done. Let us stand sweet. Father, I pray that you'll use your word to challenge each and every one of us. Lord, how thankful that we are this morning for all of the wonderful things that you've done. We so deeply appreciate what you've done, but Lord, as we look ahead and think about what time we might have left upon this earth, help us, Lord, to be busy about your business. Help us to be labors in the field. Do what we can to reach those that are lost. Just as somebody cared enough about us to tell us about Jesus, let us be that someone to somebody else that needs the Lord. And if there's someone here this morning that's never been saved, God, may the Holy Spirit just work in their heart, bring them to a place of conviction that they'll see their need, and may they trust Him as their Lord and Savior before they leave this place today. For we beg it in Jesus' dear name. Amen. While we stand and as we sing, Amen.